Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on bluenile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. You are now listening to the Thanks for Trying podcast, episode 19, hosted by myself, The Last Skeptic, as always. Featuring special guests, Dane Baptiste and Daniel Taylor, fresh from starring in a TV show that he wrote himself on ITV2, Time Wasters. So make sure you go watch that immediately. It's fucking incredible. This podcast is sponsored by my brand new album, This Is Where It Gets Good, which is out right now on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, all that good shit. Make sure you go stream it, buy it, do whatever Apologies in advance, the sound quality of this episode isn't fucking incredible. It's because my boy Seb, who usually records it for me, you know the one, the one with the laugh. He wasn't around for the recording of this, so I did it all myself in some kind of mad haphazard way. So stick with it, it's still fucking amazing. Enjoy the show. Also, it's important to note that Daniel Taylor was part of a comedy duo called Ginger and Black with him and Aerie. And that is who we mentioned later on because we forgot to talk about the actual name of his comedy duo in the podcast because we were just having too much fun. So there you go. That's the background. Enjoy. You're now listening to the Thanks for Trying podcast, episode 19. Damn. Featuring my very special guests, Dane and Daniel. We saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Usually I have an audience, but now I wasn't going to do the like one hand clap thing I, I, didn't, I didn't want to clap for myself that's, no, that's oh, bad, I, bad you can clap for the group yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. more life yeah. more life everybody yeah. more life more life, more life. Um, alright so how are you guys how, damn I haven't seen I haven't met you before Dane and I haven't yeah. seen you in fucking ages yeah. Daniel so there's a lot to catch up on mm-hmm. um, t- I mean let's just start let's start at the very top or I know that Dane wanted to talk to you about as well I want to chat to you about Time wasters, man. Yeah, it's fucking exciting. It's so yeah. exciting, man. It's, it's so time, exciting. time wasters. Is one of, it's one of these things where you just like you just spend. Your, I mean, I guess myself personally, it's like you spend your life with this idea, and you think, I hope someone does something like this, or you yeah. do, you want to see something like that, and then yeah. it happens, man. And yeah. it's, it's one of those things where it's like it's, it's you have it in informal chats and conversations about this whole idea, and it's like it's just always been like a great premise for a great joke to say to someone to make it into something mm. to take that concept is like yeah it's uh, huge inspiring, inspiring. Yeah, so inspiring. yeah it's been nice like weirdly enough speaking to so many people about it that it's all said like a similar thing like, mm. yeah. I think that's where the idea kind of came up came from just like a silly idea and I never ever thought that I'd be able to make it do you know what I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous yeah. but in the end yeah I did it it's done man it's, 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 it's massively inspiring and uh, yeah, man, nice cast as well, man. Yeah, really good cast. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really good. Like everyone in it, I think that's what I, I'm most proud of. Like when people talk about the show, mm-hmm. they talk about the cast and how well we get on together, and it's like a nice group. Mm-hmm. And it's good, and everyone's so good. Like everyone brought their A game as well. Yeah, that made me a little bit scared as well. How, how long did it take to film? It took six weeks. Well, no, we did a pilot, which is episode one, mm-hmm. and then we did, uh, then we filmed another five up in Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was good fun. It was one of the most fun jobs yeah. I've ever done. I think everyone was just quite enthusiastic about it. And I think that shows on screen, which is good. No, definitely, yeah. yeah. I, 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 uh, I have very limited acting experience, but so, yeah, it's, it's, nice, it's nice when you get involved in a project where, you know, like you said, it's almost kind of relaxed to know that you're you could potentially be the weak link. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like the idea that you know you're, everyone's bringing their A game and stuff, and it, and it's always good. And, it, and I think yeah, when you do have a good idea, it's reflected like you see, like even the the crew. Yeah, I mean everyone, like there were so many crew members that 
it was their first job. Oh, cool. And other people would say to them, don't get too excited because this is not how all jobs are. Because people can tell when they're working on something that's come from the the heart you know yeah, what I mean yeah, yeah, and I'm if you've made it and it's something that you've always wanted to do mm. and you've cast people that you really respect then yeah, everyone's yeah, going to yeah. be able to exactly. tell that no one's there because they don't want to be there because it's a check you exactly. know what I mean they're exactly. there because they actually really want to be I there I think especially like it's always like yeah it's a nice space where because like, I imagine a lot of people that get involved even from the crew side they have creative aspirations and then a lot of time once you start getting involved in the industry you have to kind of manage those so yeah, if you yeah. get involved especially with something that's a new and a novel concept and then you get to like see other people are just excited about creating something very new mm. like it's probably rare you get to enjoy it and just seeing like the response from people as well yeah. and like just just that similar thing of like mm, yeah. people just excited to see black people on screen yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> every time I go to my barber so I go to the barber just <laughs> we're just excited and like ah oh, bro <laughs> 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 uh, how did you do it <laughs> yeah, yeah genuinely yeah. How, how did you do a show about four black people and it's yeah. not about guns and drug yeah. deals and stuff yeah, like that yeah, what, yeah. how did you do this show that is sci-fi do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. And like mm. it, it, it kind of blows people's minds because yeah. they just had no idea that black people could time travel you know? yeah, yeah. and it's hilarious when you do time travel you know what I mean and we also do all the other shit that white people on do on the flip side of what was a really clever idea too because it's a complete indictment of our times that you've got a bunch of young people who don't want to actually be in our time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, there's a better option. Yeah. I'm not panicking about going back yeah. because it's shit there. <laughs> <laughs> so, I thought it's like a flip side of what actually, yeah, that's not a bad shout. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a bad yeah. shout at all. It's, good. it's, it's a good point, man. It's definitely, it definitely, that seems to be the zeitgeist of today is that everyone's trying to go backwards, man. If you look at like the States and making America great again as opposed to making it greater. Yeah. So it's great. So it seems, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah definitely, there's a, a definitely a need for nostalgia. I had a, a question from, from Doc who he wanted to ask because the original name, <laughs> the original name of the show was uh, Black to the Future. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good name. It's a good name. It's a good name. No, no, Daniel, back, back that. Back that. Back that. I tell you, we went through every single name. Yeah. Every single name. And like, I sent out like WhatsApp messages to my yeah. friends, to the email saying, please, yeah. can someone find a name? Any honorable mention? Uh, Any other honorable mention names? No, yeah, that's I mean, a good one. They were all like, they were all like, back to black. Yeah. Blackwood. Blackwood is good as well. Blackwood was around for a little bit. Yeah. And then it went, like, honestly, we went through loads of them. And then, uh, uh, my producer that came up with Time Wasters and mm. I I hated it because I think I couldn't let go of yeah. Back to the Future I couldn't but yeah. actually like everyone was saying how much they like the new titles so I was like you know what that's wrong but now when I think about but time, time, time Wasters I think it's a good title I think it's a uh, it's in the vein of Ghostbusters. It's, oh, it's, exactly. It translates a lot better. It's like yeah. I'm thinking merchandise. I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, thinking I'm thinking fully articulated action figures. Yeah. <laughs> that is the next stage. Well, it's so funny. Like when you, uh, I don't do it anymore. I only did it for the first episode. But like I went onto Twitter just to see what the general reaction was. And uh, when you hashtag time wasters, you realise how many people use. Time wasters, but not about my show. Yeah. Like, I'm sick and tired of dealing with these time wasters. It's been good. Like it's the people, the response from it is that people have kind of enjoyed the journey as well, and like mm. how the can, you know you have characters that kind of come and go, and like just the journey of each character, and mm. it's like a full, complete set and series. Mm. But then obviously potential to. Mm. Further. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I made sure. That's, that's, yeah, of that's course. Exactly. I'm gonna write some more. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, I think you, you just you you blagged a a majority black cast period drama. And there were so <laughs> many uh, comments from people like the trolls were just like ah. Uh, and you talk about diversity, where's all the white people in it? And the hilarious thing is that even the show is about four black leaves, everyone else in the world in that in that world yeah. is white. Yeah, of course. You know I mean? yeah. Everyone else. It's like, so ridiculous. I saw some of the trolls because I was just about to reply to people and I was like, no, I'm not gonna do it. Like, <laughs> However, not all cast members did. No. Like Samson, who plays Horace, he was like, your mum. Yeah. <laughs> ridiculous that people think that that's an actual line of criticism as well. Yeah. Like, especially when it's the flip side where 
when you've got a, a, a show that people think is back in the day and there's a black cast member or an Asian cast member that like, what are you talking about this isn't realistic yeah. Yeah. Indians in the second world war I remember, I, remember um, I, did, I was at the Mobos and I remember a guy being like oh the Mobos well if there was a award show of music of white origin what would people say then and I was at first I was like about to get into it I thought no actually no, I would love to see that yeah. I, no, I want to see that I want to see the music, musical white origin awards I want to see like yeah. and now the awards for breakthrough Morris Dancer <laughs> so uh, speak, speaking of which because obviously Dane like you you interact with a lot of people on Twitter as well especially yeah. a lot of these dickheads that, yeah. that are trolls and, and, and I see it in it it like it, it makes me both laugh at their idiocy and also feel for you because you do interact with them yeah yeah and it's, what, it's what's, a, what's your, what, a lot of people think it's very masochistic, but I practice a system of self-defense which I call troll judo. Troll <laughs> judo. Yeah. It basically involves me engaging uh, with these uh, trolls using uh, takedowns and blocks. So yeah, it's like blocks with any, with any kind of system and it's just um, a lot of time I just feel like there is just a very culture especially among trolls whereby they say stuff like this or they speak kind of this vitriolic stuff and normally they pick their targets whether it's like you might be like a, a young female creative in the spotlight and they'll attack there or, mm. or it's usually some racist trope and for me it's like I am aware I'm aware that you can, can't necessarily win with, mm-hmm. you, or you won't win with these trolls yeah. but I just want to engage the fact that you know you are somebody because I because I know, I know the mentality because the thing about trollism is that that is an acute condition that everyone can kind of end up um, kind of succumbing to so even though you consider like a rational person mm. if you scroll down just a timeline of comments yourself mm. just the ignorance you see can cause you to become resentful of humanity mm. just by if you go on oh, YouTube yeah. you start thinking oh people are idiots like fucking mm. and, you, and you can feel yourself beginning to change yeah. yourself so yeah. anyone can, so anyone can be guilty of trollism so I just feel like I just like to engage these people because A is good practice because I, if I'm doing that then if I'm doing it live and I'm dealing with hecklers heckles, yeah, yeah the heckle, when the heckles where they're live and they can stay, I can see them and they don't have the uh Fail of anonymity. Mm-hmm. They won't say the stuff that they can say online. Yeah. So I know that that's that's basically where this supposed courage comes yeah. from. Yeah. So I like to engage it because for me it's just like I don't know, man. I just like the uh, yeah the uh, psychological side of it of mm-hmm. kind of push buttons and kind of and just draw them out because mm-hmm. I like because I feel like in the same way that we've for especially over the last couple of years we've lamented the whole thing about echo chambers and mm-hmm. people kind of having their own bubbles. I like to engage this other side mm-hmm. and I just like to challenge that to the point where like. I know who you really are mm. and I just want to kind of bring that out of them Good. so I just I like to yeah. bait them in that because it, it, it won't take take that long mm. usually within three or four five, five tweets they'll reveal who they are anyway mm-hmm. and for me I just and I just like to, I like to just demonstrate that so for me it's just I don't know it's just, it's sport for me and also because like I, I, just, I just like the idea that it's just I, I'll always just remind them that this is what you're doing because you're afraid to be yourself mm-hmm. and um yeah, and, and, and I know there's a lot of people there who like I just can't engage trolls because they are so vitriolic and the things they say are so bad but I'm like I'm afraid and I will remind these people all the time that mm-hmm. in this exchange while you feel you may have said something to me we both know you're a coward yeah. and and, to, and, I, and, I, and I'll always continue to be like is this who are you, who are you then what's your name because yeah. my name my name is on and, and is on Twitter so mm-hmm. I'm not hiding who I am and I'm in the public eye yeah. mm-hmm. so when you're challenging me I know you're a coward Good. so that's what it is man I've just, I've just grown up on too many fucking comic books and yes. so, I'm, I'm, I love it though I'm, 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 yeah. exactly yeah, I'm, I'm, great. so I'm like Batman it's like I know that <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying I'm Batman but you know I have this obsession to like I know that most people like it's not worth engaging these people but I'm like I'm prepared to go in the dirt <laughs> and I'll find these trolls someone has to like, yeah, I think so yeah someone has yeah, to but it, gen- it generally is for, for a large part of it for me it's a sport but mm-hmm. I just think it's just to engage these people because you know on both like because now we have a point where we've like people feel that the uh, liberal narrative has become so myopic and it's like that it doesn't entertain anything else mm-hmm. and now liberalism is now just a question of just suppressing anything that doesn't agree with that voice Right now for me I feel like this, the word liberal has kind of been perverted to push I this I was going to say that because I, I don't even understand what it even means anymore. Exactly, yeah, exactly. I, I so, yeah. studied sociology and I always thought, oh, maybe I'm a liberal, but I'm a liberal person. I think, yeah. I think that. But I'm like, now people see people call themselves liberals and I'm like, that isn't that's me. Not, that's not, that's <laughs> not you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that's not me. Yeah, so some people, so I guess that, so even that, I suppose that narrative and in the same way, like, you know, argue most 
uh, ideologies like feminism have kind of been hijacked to an extent where people can just give a it's very hard for you to explain an ideology in the space mm. of 140 characters anyway yeah. so the fact that everyone endeavours to do so is already kind of counterproductive but we have got 280 now so now we've got 280 so now we can, now we can. yeah exactly yeah. and what's happened as a result of that is that now supposedly that's given credence to this rise of what we call alt-right where they're like because right. liberals have become so myopic and they've pushed their agenda so hard that being uh conservative or right wing and then alt right is considered punk but to me it's not punk that's you're just mm. ignorant it's not yeah. and, and they're always lamenting that political correctness but for me it's like then why call yourself the alt right then because yeah. what the alternative to right is left so you yeah. can't be alt right so for me if how can you complain about political correctness the new thing now for like a lot of trolls is that they don't want to be called racists yeah. when they are racists. Yeah. And I've had a back and forth with a guy who's like, you're being racist. You're making generalizations about white people. But that's the point. Like, if you don't see the irony of that, you're like, yeah, well, how yeah, can you make generalizations? Yeah, 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 that's the yeah. cornerstone of, and this is a guy that's following Katie Hopkins and he's following Nigel oh, Farage. Geez. But then, so I feel like a lot of the time, there's a lot of people in public eye who don't really have the facility to challenge these kind of people. Yeah. But obviously yeah. my line of work is kind of based on me having discourse and it's a yeah. kind of discursive medium that I work in. So, I'm prepared to challenge these people anyway. Yeah. And, and I guess, you know, I have to, I'm vocal because it's my job. Yeah. And so, but I, I want to prove that I can challenge these people. Like, because I, yeah. I, just, I, just, I just consider it to be heckles. Yeah. So for me, it's just, it's just heckle, it's me practicing heckle put down. Yeah. So it literally is just sparring. And um, yeah, and my manager, she's been like, just stop doing this. But I feel like, you know, that's just a part of the artistry, man, is that I understand, like, I don't just say this stuff on stage to, like, you know, curry favour with my audience. Like, I believe in what I'm saying. Is and, that you know, why they tell you not to do it? Like, well, I think they just tell me to do it because they just think, because if, like, potential, like, stakeholders, like, producers and stuff mm-hmm. look through my timeline, they see me having back and forth with, like, racists and stuff, they'll just be, like, put off and stuff like that. So I do get when they say that. And, and at some point, I will mute and I have to block people at some point. But, Fuck that turn out of a cheek, man. I'll fuck you, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's, my, that's my position, man, because I just look yeah, at it like this. Like, right. people, a lot of time, we tend to uh, conflate our evolution with uh, technological advance, and it's not the same. Like, human beings are still human beings, and, they, yeah. and you know, again, and things like Twitter go to show you now that when we used to watch, like, you know, uh, historical depictions of people being in stocks or people being hung or public executions and you think what kind of barbarian would go and watch someone get hung that you don't know yeah. well now the proof is now in the trolls and that we've not really evolved yeah, that much yeah, now yeah. that people now it's will true. come and they, they'll cry out and you know they'll see deplorable acts taking place on you know in on the news because that's a lot of time some social networks are people's hubs for news now mm-hmm. and now you see these people who are like you know they're either, either attention seeking or like you know they're trying to or like you know people like Katie Hopkins who is, is, exists as voice pieces and they're like they're, it's almost like it's like morality porn and she realises that there's a business model from saying this stuff because the tut brigade will be like oh, I can't believe she said that but and yeah. then, but they'll be like well, someone had to say it but, <laughs> but and for me and so as far as has gone mad yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Gone mad. That. But, yeah. but why but, I don't but, it's, but then for me what, is it, what does that even fucking mean it, it, means, it means nothing it doesn't mean anything it's nonsense when, when a lot of the time yeah. when, and people that say that or talk about political what they mean is that I want to be able to act without consequence yeah. that is not how the world works as far as I'm concerned and this is yeah. the thing that people are like well, uh, well you can't say something no you can't say something because if you said something to someone like that and we were talking in real life and I punched in your face you're going to call the police before me yeah. and you're going to remember that you are like a little bitch at a desk yeah. and then you're going to call the police and, and, that's, and for me that's all, and that's all it is is that true, what I'm yeah. doing by engaging on social networks is really saying that you know if we remove this veil of social networks and you being able to hide behind digital anonymity there is no way you'd say stuff like this in real life yeah. and, and, and I always and what I try to remember, remind people on stage and stuff as well is that even because this stuff can affect, especially people who don't have a certain level of residence, mm. this affects them and it's going to affect people. And you know, this is this kind of like narrative that contributes to people's body dysmorphia mm. or you know, yeah. giving people a complex. But historically, if you read something like that, you were taking a shit in a public toilet and you saw a swastika on the wall, you'd be like, who sits down surrounded by yeah, other people's yeah. fecal matter to write that down? Like, who's got time to do that shit? <laughs> or like, when you're in school and you're at a desk and you see someone's written something, you're like, well, Obviously, you failed because yeah. that's you got time to do this. Yeah, and I, and I, and I make a point sometimes where people are like, blah, blah, blah. like, why aren't you at work? Yeah, it's like it's three yeah. o'clock, it's like two yeah. o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> what, what, what are you doing? Just what you're doing, it's filled with hatred. So, yeah. that's what I mean. I, I, I like to get out because I this it's just that we just live in a time where because social media is uh so prevalent, we give it a lot of credence. Mm-hmm. Social networking has not been around for that long mm-hmm. for us to work out how it affects human psychology. Yeah. But it's just a lot of the time these people like they they, they people take advantage of this stuff and a lot of people they become very uh you know, they get a lot of they take on this new persona and yeah. 
I know for me it's always like but who are you really yeah, yeah. And do, do you, Danny do you ever, ever interact because I know you're saying some of your castmates do do sometimes respond but like <laughs> do you ever like feel baited out no I mean the thing I love about your tweets is that they're just they're perfect they're, yeah. they're spot on but no I, t- I tend not to I just I I, I, I avoid it I'm, I'm, I'm just a civilian just a civilian no, just a civilian I think it's a good idea sometimes to avoid it because you, you know especially because again like even me I have to kind of rationalise my behaviour sometimes I think like I've never been like sitting down like in a pub and be like I can't believe yeah. Nazi 75 said that shit to me it's not going to come back but at the same time I, I, I kind of been thinking about it like, like you know celebrities have always had like security detail being these enormous guys mm. after a while like your celebrity detail is going to be like these nerds being like yeah. <laughs> yeah. online yeah. and stuff and I, I, and I always think that like in my perfect world, if I did have like my online security, then it'd be like I would always just if someone engages me, I'd just find their IP address. Oh man, I mean do you, do you Danny, do you ever feel like you have to speak a certain way online or is there any pressures that you find like uh, in order to you know, not perform but in order to not yeah. upset people, especially the, the the business side of things. I just use it as entertainment and, yeah. and just uh, a bit of fun and stuff like that. Yeah. Now I just enjoy reading. Like I enjoy yeah, reading yeah. Days, like I know yeah. that's that's my excitement. Is this the show have you been getting lit up by different kinds of people about doing, you know, either writing or acting or even doing the, the panel shows or do, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, there's been quite a few, like different bits and bobs, but this, because it was such a quick turnaround, so I'm already talking, even though it's not being recommissioned, mm. I'm already talking about doing series two. Like yeah. my production company yeah. is quite confident about it. So I've already kind of been put to work. It, it might be pointless. It might, I might end up with all this these scripts and like nowhere to film it and just be me and my iPhone <laughs> but like I'm just kind of waiting to hear if something happens so I've kind of stepped out of it I worked on a few other shows between once I finished editing them we put it on screen mm. I worked on a few other shows just as a writer for a couple of Netflix shows and then Ooh, and now casual like, okay, casually drop it in just chuck those in yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 throw away Netflix, Netflix might not heard of it uh, <laughs> and then and then now I'm back into it so but I'm hoping like once I've done this and then there's some um, and yeah once I've done series 2 if I get series 2 I'm hoping to kind of get back into acting because I kind yeah. of I miss that. Yeah. I miss like just turning up and doing someone else's lines. Right. Yeah. And do you miss, do you miss stand up? Uh, yes and no. I kind of. So I still see Eri. Mm-hmm. So we still yeah we still do our musical double act thing, but we've not done it for three years now. Wow. And uh, we just wanted to branch out and do different things. Yeah. So we wanted to do a bit more acting, a bit more writing. And also, not only that as well, but I think when you do stand-up, you kind of, you can't do it half-heartedly. I think mean, yeah. you feel like you have to, because you get a bit stagnant. Because I don't know about you, Dave, but like the next goal is to like go to different places and then to do bigger oh, Yeah, no, completely. Yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of the stage I'm at now is that it's, I guess it's the first thing is that you're proving you're funny and then I've been able to do that for a long time. And then it's, I guess it's being able to present a comedic slant on a topic or mm. to, and then yeah and like I said then it's just you know how can I make this uh, voice translate you know globally you know? that's, that's yeah, your yeah, yeah. endeavour to do so and we yeah. didn't we we were kind of we were in that halfway stage because we were like spreading ourselves really thin doing other things and we just kind of realised that the stand up we kind of put a few blocks back but yeah maybe one day stand up might come back and acting like obviously you've got people on set laughing whilst you're doing the scene and stuff yeah. but it's very starting to stop here and they're also on side from the very get go you know what I mean yeah, I yeah, like going into a room you've got to prove yourself mm. and so when you do do that there's a it just makes you feel good inside because you're like right I've gone away I've written this I've made you laugh I've, I've entertained yeah. you mm. with what's come out of my head yeah. it's, it's different from having your you know like long trailer what was the catering like then? Oh, that uh, was actually your point. I can't remember the company, and I feel bad for not remembering because it was the loveliest guys as well. Uh, but that's that food was yeah, that good. Was yeah, they they took care. Of what me. kind of food? Ah, on the last day they made lamb shanks. Oh, oh yes. Uh, yes, because I, I asked, um, like, I ask As- Asim and uh, Sipa uh, Grinder as well about the people just do nothing. Uh, uh, catering mm-hmm. I ask every person like Ed Scrine when he's on I say what was the last film's catering like I have to know because 
you know, the only reason I ever visit my friends on set is for the <laughs> oh, of course. There's no other reason. Yeah. Like, sure, it's cool. It's sure, it's great. Yeah, I get to yeah. meet some nice people. But the only reason I'm there, like, sometimes I only just show up at lunchtime. Yeah. Because nice. you have to. Why on earth, yeah. why on earth would you want to be there for any of the filming day? Because There's just no point. Filming is, it's actually quite boring. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I've learned that from doing a pilot is, is that basically an actor's life is just sitting around waiting to eat and then waiting yeah. to do lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then when it comes time to doing lines, like even when you're on set, most of it is meant to do you doing lines. There's people setting up cameras and setting up yeah, lights yeah, yeah. and making sure your hair's good and your clothes are good and whatnot. And then they'll go action and then you'll act for about 10, 15 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> That's then they stop again and and then you wait for another 45 minutes <laughs> and then you do it again. Like it's the most bitty thing. Yeah. But, but how, how is that? Like I always think it must be so difficult to get in the vibe, like to get in the zone. Like how do you, I always think when be, I see people crying yeah. or like having to be really emotional, but how can they do, it's a great skill because how can you do that? on demand and then go cool yeah I have some more uh, makeup cool 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you take that skill though like I, I remember seeing an outtake from Breaking Bad and it was just a bit spoiler alert uh, just a bit as Jess's girlfriend dies she OD'd mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so she OD'd that's Kristen Ritter's character she was in it far like, too short she was yeah, amazing she was brilliant yeah. Yeah. yeah what's that actor's name again Aaron, Aaron Cranston Aaron, character yeah. Oh, yeah. comes in and then starts talking to Aaron Paul and like talking to him and he's like crying as he's talking to him and then he fucks up a line and then he's just like oh shit sorry that's not that, that's not the line is it <laughs> no, let's, let's go again and go straight into it and starts bawling again that's I'm crazy like, how, how, like for me like as a comedy actor it's fine because you piss about until someone says action and then you just piss about right. but with yeah. the lines that are on paper yeah, exactly. yeah. and then they cut and then you piss about so it's yeah. relatively it's not too difficult and that's why yeah. it's odd because when you actually think about filming it seems like a very shit process but because if you're enjoying the times in between and doing the stuff on set is also mm-hmm. quite fun as well but how people do dramas and are barling on set like Olivia Coleman everything she's in she's always barling <laughs> I don't know how she gets through <laughs> yeah. doing it but she's an incredible actress because she she does it and she's yeah. always on point and she yeah. and when I've heard stories about her off set like Apparently she she doesn't really she doesn't really learn her lines. She just kind of roughly knows them and then gets them set. Yeah. And then she she's just so talented that she can just go bam. Oh. And then here comes the tears. Here comes the lines. Cut. Cool. She's laughing, joking. I've got some more. I guess, and that's why I guess they get a lot of credit for like when, uh, especially when comedic actors make the transition into more dramatic roles. Mm. So obviously Brian Cranston was doing Michael in the Middle for so many years and yeah. did it so well. The and classics. Yeah, exactly. Shakespearean. Malcolm in the Middle. Show, yeah, yeah, it was a great show, yeah. But for him to go from that to like, yeah. you know, to Walter White, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just, yeah. It's just I love those family theories that, that talk about uh, how Malcolm in the Middle is just based after Breaking Bad and he has to go into witness protection yeah. and he comes to the family. Like, Sick, so good, <laughs> yeah, so good, man. But how did Shit. you find it on Sunny D? I think, I, yeah, I found it similar because it, yeah, it, yeah. it was my yeah, first, it was my first into acting and stuff man but it was like uh, yeah I just had the benefit of having some great people that were because uh, because uh, with uh, like my sisters played uh, Bemi Ikemelo yeah. and David uh, Ajayo had they're from they did a different role Shakespeare company oh, so yeah. they're theatrically yeah. trained but I had like some limited TV experience but yeah they kind of slot into it very easily and Sasha as well like Sasha hadn't done she'd done dramatic acting more than comedy yeah. so for her she was transi- making the transition in the opposite way but um, and, and then having Don Warrington so yeah. so I like, guess yeah, so, like, it's having like a powerhouse as well and so like so far as a foundation for competence it was quite easy to like just do my lines and because they're comedic and I'm just playing a heightened version of self yeah. the task wasn't that hard for me to like to do it but then yeah it was just they those guys kind of brought out more in me and stuff as well so I just was able to be a lot more expressive but obviously it was a new project and had quite limited budget being done by the BBC but um, just speaking with the crew and stuff it was just uh, like I said people who had a lot of creative talent and I just basically made a point of principle to be like if you've got an idea 
and you can make it happen with the resources we have then I'm more than prepared to entertain that like yeah. I wasn't too precious about script if, so especially with someone like Catherine Ryan who has you know arguably a lot more well has more comedy experience both on stage than I have and TV experience so a lot of time there's parts I was like just riff and <laughs> and, 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 she, and she just so there's parts like when I'm playing football and she's saying all this stuff and that's all her and, <laughs> and, and, and for me so I, I just look over so when I say the makeup girls all pissing themselves and that's staying in because yeah, I know it works yeah, so yeah. so TV on your agenda like for, for to, to, to return to it to do something else do you know what like I think it would have been initially but I feel like now where like obviously I guess I'm following the formula of having you know if you're having like 6 times 30 episodes or like 4 times 30 I did 4 like or like 6 times 22 minute episodes like I and I kind of tried to push this in Sunny D's and it was a bit more difficult but like I wouldn't want to be restricted to like that kind of paradigm for making a sitcom mm-hmm. so even if I did like a piece that was like maybe 40 minutes long dealing with a particular topic and it was like you know in the same way that you know you can do an EP or you can do like a mixtape and it can vary in length it doesn't always yeah. have to be like an LP so especially now we're seeing where you've seen the rise of like Instagram comics and obviously mm. Michael Dapper is pretty much yeah. global now like I'm here even yeah. I was in Australia and people are saying stuff like you know two plus twos yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I mean and people do and it's like adults saying like, like quick maths and stuff yeah, and, yeah, and kids yeah. love this shit and, and you know so it's just it's just um he, yeah for me he it's is now the most streamed uh, UK rapper He's the, the yeah. most popular UK rapper. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I can't be mad. Like, there's yeah. no, and there's no one who I've spoken to within the scene who is mad at that. Yeah, like, yeah. everyone's just really happy. Like, yeah, he's happy. Yeah, he yeah. seems like a safe dude. Yep. He seems like he's making jokes, but I always think it's a great. Uh, a great signifier of a healthy scene once you start getting parody records of course yeah, yeah, yeah exactly your scene is not big enough if there's not people taking the piss out of it exactly yeah, exactly yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then, and also like you know the send up kind of works artistically because it means if you're lending to that kind of archetype yeah. then maybe yeah. you need to look at your acts and stuff because mm-hmm. you know I mean I'm sure you know more than anybody else like for a lot of like road rap or trap rap or drill rap like a lot of the time it becomes indistinguishable who's who. Yeah, a lot of it's the same. Even even with, like, Afrobeats has been able to make that transition to mainstream, but Mm. now, like, you get a lot of Afrobeat artists, or even though you didn't necessarily call it, it is Afrobeat, but it's, for me, it almost sounds like it's, it's like, UK rap, but it's, like, with auto-tune. And Mm. and it's like, you know, there's, like, I like someone like Jay Haas, but then I see, like, and and then you got, like, Kojo Funds, and then Notes and stuff, and then you see loads and loads of clones and stuff, so, yeah, it's, sometimes that kind of thing, that screen is good, like you said, it's big enough that you're being parodied, it's a good sign. And, you know, I I kind of make stuff, I, I like to think I'd make something that, even if it doesn't necessarily have, you know, an ubiquitous appeal now, mm. like I feel as people move on in the same way that when I first watched The Simpsons and I was mm. a kid, I loved the fact that it was just an animated adult cartoon. Yeah. Mm. Now, as I've gotten older, the reference, because I've taken in other art and other popular yeah. culture, I go back to The Simpsons and I see the references. It's new to the shit that I, shit I, shit I didn't the understand exactly. then. And that, there's, exactly. there's references to like really, I listen to um, a podcast called, was it Stuff You Should Know or something, something like yeah. that? Like, um, and it's, they did two episodes on The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. They started like fully going deep into like yeah. facts about it. And they were talking about some episodes that like direct pastiches and takes on like films from the 40s. Yeah. Exactly. And they do it really well. And, and, yeah. And, and that's what I mean. Like, it's so smart. It's so yeah. smart. Like, I'm, like for me, I, I would say The Simpsons is probably, I feel, is probably one of the best studies of Americana yeah. that exist yeah. and the reason why, and there was a point when obviously The Simpsons kind of had a dip and it's, and it's because it got to a point where like I said after so many pastiches and so many homages like it got to the point where The Simpsons are now one of the longest running TV shows mm-hmm. in, in history so yeah. you run out of source material so they've had to come up with original content because really more than anything now people are kind of trying to follow them mm-hmm. so yeah. but it's yeah so far as like the archetypes in The Simpsons and how relevant it is to Americana I think it's just amazing yeah. and it's been massively influential to me and I, and I that's kind of reflected in Sunny D but um, what's your favourite episode in Simpsons oh that's a good one right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I probably can't, I, if I say off the top of my head there's probably more than one but some yeah. of my favourite ones is like when Homer becomes a boxer right yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's so funny um, Itchy yeah. and Scratchy Land right yeah that's yeah, a good yeah. one as well and um, a lot of people like March uh, March Against the Monorail that one that's really yeah. classic that's, a, that's, yeah, a that's a really one. classic yeah yeah my, really my favourite is um the one where is it where he, he's he does where's his do peyote and he there's a talking dog oh, the dog yeah yeah that's good on and the, then, like, yeah, yeah. the and the best thing about that that still cracks me up to this day I must have first watched it when I was like what, 12 or something yeah, yeah. still like this many years later 
was when he comes out, he has the talking dog following him around and like giving him advice on stuff. And he comes back uh, to, to reality and he's trying to fix stuff with Marge. And he's going like, you know, please help me. Give me the advice again. Like, tell me something in the ask it a question. And the dog bu- thought bubble comes up and he goes, Homer, I'm only a memory. I cannot provide any new information. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is a perfect time to take the piss break. And then we'll go- come back for the second half with our health shot. Done. Welcome back to part two of the Thanks for Trying podcast episode 19. And uh, we've had the piss break and now it's the tradition. But as it's a daytime, we won't be doing a boozy shot as usual. Uh, So I've made a really healthy shot filled with lemon, ginger, turmeric, cayenne pepper and someone told me recently that in order to activate turmeric for all the health goodness you have to put black pepper in it so I put a bit of black pepper in it as well Um, and I like the irony that I'm saying talking about a health shop whilst smoking at the same time (laughs) so it cancels each other out balance balance we'll take this this health shot cheers thank you very much cheers tastes pretty damn good Does anyone want to re Okay. Yeah, but it's got a kick. Yeah. I like that. It'll be good for my cold as well, so. I filtered out all the um, the gunk, like all the, you know, the, the ginger nonsense. Oh, I see, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I've had that before. I've done this daytime one. We've all had a shot and everyone's there just picking shit up. <laughs> 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 it's nice. It's all, it's all like, it's yeah. nice this afternoon tea. Yeah, it's very civilised. civilised. So we touched on a little bit about panel shows earlier, but you, you you've done you've done them before, of yeah, course. Yeah, done, done a few, yeah. Um, and how do you find them? Like, what's what's your experience um, of them? They've been good, man. The first one I did was uh, sweat the small stuff, and I was on with uh, Russell Kane, Ramesh Ranganathan was on, and then we had a uh, yes, which was yeah, so it was yeah. super fun. And then I had a uh, Melvin Odoom uh, and um, Rochelle from the Saturdays, mm. and um, yeah, it was it was videos, yeah, it was fun, man. And uh, it's just you just learn it's just learning a new. Uh, type of comedy timing mm. where normally I guess um, people are just waiting for the punchline and it's more of a me it's more one directional but here it's yeah. learning to just bounce with other people and mm. just kind of yeah just and just manage your timing really and uh, and then yeah once you learn that it's, it's pretty it's pretty fun to do and stuff and I've done them with like uh, done like 8 out of 10 cats with like Jimmy Carr and Sick. stuff as well so what was, what was your experience of like of 8 out of 10 cats like, what's, what's that like yeah it was fun man it's just it's uh, a bit more prep because it's a lot more topical and there's a lot more focus on it being topical mm. so it's not always as easy where you can maybe cite previous material or relevant material for stuff so yeah. you have to kind of yeah you have to be ready with you have to like be a bit ready yeah yeah with, a few, with more quips yeah, and have, your, have your bars yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> have to go, kind of go there with a war chest and stuff yes. <laughs> but, but even then again someone might say something and it might stumble onto some stuff you might have before and it's really good for you to get into and riff right. on it um, mm. but yeah I've, in my experience like I've had yeah the uh, advantage in a lot of the stuff I've done I've worked with like other comedy acts and stuff as well yeah. and they've always provided an environment for you to like leave it open for you to get a bit uh, out there and get it across yeah. and stuff as well and I think that's probably the hardest part most people find with panel shows is like it's find the right time to slot in your material or yeah. be able to bounce and so it's uh, yeah a lot of people are prepared to help you with the timing and stuff so I think most recently I did um, it was Cats again I did it with Rob Beckett and Ashley B mm. with the captains and stuff as well and yeah and yeah, yeah because great. yeah they're amazing and because they're, they're so uh, yeah so supportive it makes it yeah for such like yeah a real nice environment so for the mo- most part they've been cool the hardest one I think when I did Mock the Week it was in the week after the Orlando shootings. Oh, so, yeah, so it's a hard week to mock. Yeah. So, so it's basically just finding other topics to kind of move around that. And then what happened was after we recorded it, then unfortunately, like, Joe Cox was killed. Mm. I say killed, we say, I should say assassinated. Assassinated, yeah. yeah. so it's a political... Terrorist, yeah, yeah, terrorist, yeah, yeah, so political assassination, of which we don't really hear much about. No, exactly. It's so that. weird that yeah, we yeah. don't hear anything about and for, that. Yeah, and, and, and for me, again, yeah. it's like, I remember I did a... I remember speaking in my uh, second Edinburgh show talking about the fact that um, how often do you see like a white working class woman or a girl being elevated for something positive yeah Not now we have a time where you know you've got your love islands and you know you've almost got like your, your kind of reality circuit where it's like your love island or your ex on the beach and then mm. and you know your, whichever shore or whichever region it is and yeah and it's always kind of the same kind of uh, trope whereas you know this is somebody that was champion you know women's yeah. rights and someone that was champion like immigrant rights and stuff and yeah. working class rights yeah. and you know she was assassinated 
and it took for her assassination for us to kind of really be aware of her yeah. and she was championing the working class mm. you know and in, and in the north as well where yeah. you know there's a there's a really large divide both politically and economically and um, yeah. it was just nuts we only found out about it then but it meant that they had to postpone that particular episode um, so yeah that kind of makes it difficult where you know it's always the, the, the too soon issue when we're dealing with like yeah, uh, yeah. yeah with, uh, with, uh, with news and like you know topical uh, and it's, it's, it is difficult I mean there's I, I read an article yesterday from my friend Hannah Flint she's an amazing journalist she wrote an article uh, on Yahoo about um, how the Oscars this year is mm. going to be very difficult yeah it's going to be really difficult to do oh yeah god, it's going to yeah. be super awkward oh god as yeah as well yeah yeah um but I'm, I'm intrigued to see how it's going to pan out and to see yeah. what, with Weinstein and, and, and everything, how, and with are all of the people who, I'll be careful with my words, who've had allegations <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and against them, are they going to show up? That's a good point, man. I think, yeah, in general, like these award shows are going to be outcoming with a lot more scrutiny than they have been. So, <laughs> yeah. And we all thought Oscar So White was the issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. it's, I think it's, it's, a, it's a really important time for, it, for men assessing, for, for, for men questioning. Yeah, and, like it should, and it should, and it should, and it should. It's great. And I, I think it's great from, from myself personally, like, I probably have, no, no, probably, I've definitely exhibited male privilege. And sometimes when you're exhibiting privilege, it doesn't come from a place where you're, you know, apathetic to a cause but it's like yeah. my whole thing was well I would never disrespect women because yeah. I work with them every day so why would anybody yeah. presume to do that and then when I started doing comedy then I realised that there was this real you know undercurrent of massive misogyny in comedy and I wasn't yeah. really that aware of it especially because um, from the outside when I used to watch comedy if I watched like you know French and Saunders or I was watching like you know Queen Latifah and Living Single in the States or mm. you know and I was seeing a female comic as I was not even aware there was a gender distinction with comics. Mm-hmm. Like even the the uh, feminine denomination of like saying comedienne, I was not even aware that people did that. Because yeah. when I grew up and I watched Channel 4, like Roseanne Barr was one of the biggest shows on there. Yeah. Ellen DeGeneres had a show, Brett Butler had a show, Margaret Cho had a show, mm-hmm. and, you know, and then uh, Nickelodeon, like Sister Sister was a sitcom yeah. I watched, Moesha was a Alex sitcom I watched, Alex Mack, yeah, it was amazing, yeah, exactly. So for me, seeing comedy shows or seeing like a female protagonist, you know, or even the fact that, you know, you had like Fresh Prince of Bel Air, like, Aunt Vivian had a pivotal role a lot of the time mm-hmm. and stuff so yeah. it never occurred to me that this kind of misogyny existed so mm-hmm. now that I'm doing comedy I get to hear a live account mm-hmm. from you know the female experience and I and also and now so even now I hear guys now on stage like say oh, oh I'm a feminist and I feel like I, that's something I stay away from because whoever you say you are or however you postulate especially in comedy that will permeate in your material anyway mm-hmm. and the more you're performing, the more people build in the context for who you are. Anyway. So you don't necessarily have to make these declarations. And then also at the same time, one of the reasons I try not to be like, oh, I'm a feminist, because I guess in a way, feminism is comes under the umbrella term for humanism, as it should, because mm-hmm. obviously women are the highest population of human beings on the planet. And also it's like, I don't want to be like, um, that's what I explain. So like, I mean, it's like in, when Malcolm X was saying that if you're not a black person and you support these things, it's a good, it's good to do that. But what's more important is that you don't need to convince us. Mm-hmm. It's the circles that you may come from which are more reticent yeah. to that that mm-hmm. you need to address. So in the same way, for me, it's like, there's no point in me saying to women, yeah, I stand with you, blah, blah. There's, mm-hmm. They, they mm-hmm. can do that themselves. It's more important for me to disseminate this viewpoint to other men. Yeah. So that's why it's more about me kind of pointing stuff which I think is maybe sub- subversively feminist mm-hmm. as opposed to having to be like I'm a feminist because we're a blah it's yeah. discussing it in a way and, and sometimes I see people switch off and yeah. you know so it, those are people I have to engage a lot more so mm. yeah it's, it's like I said it's, it's a good time for men to fucking pay attention now <laughs> especially and, and, and really it's, and it's the age of Aquarius as well that's the thing like I, I watch like zeitgeist and shit right. like so we're now moving into yeah. like this new phase like I guess astrologically where yeah. you know the feminine is supposed to be a lot more prevalent so mm. really especially the feminine part of the hemisphere is where we get creativity from as artists. So mm. I'm entertaining that a lot more. And like I said, it's, it's, this is now a time to learn. Mm. And, you, and really, there's a lot of people that are like, well, it's a loss of masculinity. That's down to you. If you yeah, feel, yeah, yeah. that's down to you. If you, if you feel that your masculinity yeah. suffers because women are realizing the voice, then that's, you, maybe you're not that masculine. Maybe you've just been a conformist or you've been in, 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 in maybe enjoying this heterosexual male or cisgender privilege. And really, you should take them more of the time to learn as well. And I just want to, like, I, I, again, it's what we were saying earlier, but 
uh, about these people talking about oh well what about white people it's it's those same people that then go what what, what about men like what about <laughs> men why why is there all this stuff for women like yeah, what about men? You know I mean? yeah, yeah it's the same thing I don't understand <laughs> when, when you were doing stand up with Ari uh, like uh, as the duo did you find any differences in the way that she was being treated as a, as a comedian as opposed to you? Yeah, definitely. And what's odd as well, like, Eric did say, like, it definitely made it in some ways easier by having, like, a male comedian with her because she did some stand-up by herself as well. Yeah. But also as well is that some of the things that would be encountered where she would, like, she'd highlight the fact that people would always just assume that I brought the material and, like, right. I'd do the gigs and the money and like everything was always like that right so crazy yeah it's so crazy which is odd because as like a black male like if I was working with a white male then I'm then yeah. it wouldn't be directed to him yeah. do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. but yeah Eri used to go through all of these things all the time and it was annoying and it's a similar thing like yeah, yeah. I never this like growing up I never ever made because I watched Sister Sister Emotion and all of those things yeah, yeah. Um, and like my ma- and all the women in my family were just like they were <laughs> they were at the top you yeah, know yeah, so. exactly yeah it's, it's essentially like a matriarchal culture oh, really definitely I mean, that's what I was saying because I started off doing like the if I'm doing like the black or urban circuit you go and tell one of those black female comedians <laughs> we've got a quota and you can't yeah. you get slapped in the face <laughs> so I'll slap you in the face yeah. I mean, if you're lucky you get slapped in the face so it's just, it was just weird to see that like yeah. moving in that transition to mainstream and like and yeah man it's kind of been disheartening like when you hear all these stories and stuff and mm. think oh how oblivious was I to this stuff man and like yeah. you know and it's like, like sitting down and going through so you know Nat um, yeah. she um, like some of the stories that she was in this so obviously all this kind of Weinstein stuff came out and then she was not like Samo to oh, say, yeah. so people know <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. so she was like talking about like all the so when the Weinstein came out she was talking about like there, there was like a new a group who kind of started out some of the male comedians in which were um, doing exactly what Weinstein was doing mm. and all the loads of male promoters and stuff like that. And some of the stories that she was telling me blew my mind. It yeah. just absolutely blew yeah. my mind. And the reason it blew my mind is because I would have, I'd never been in those situations. Mm. Situations where she'd be somewhere and like, they'd all be given like hotel rooms and the men would be given hotel rooms and then the promoter was like, no, just stay in my house. And they'd be like, what? Uh, I don't want to stay in your house. Talking to other male comedians and going, do you mind if I take your room? Typical male comedian going, oh no, well, I shouldn't say typical, but not actually reading the situation and going oh no I don't want to stay in his house I want to I want a room for myself it's fine you stay there not quite getting the hint that she's trying to make us like yeah, yeah. I'm a which woman is, which, is, which is dumb that they wouldn't pick up on it and, that, and for me this is again annoying thing especially about comedy is that with the our the, the meritocracy is supposed to come from how keen our observations are mm. so more than anybody yeah. else yeah. we're supposed to see this shit yeah. Yeah. so how, how how are observational comedians missing this shit yeah. of, all, of all people we yeah. should see this more than anybody else but yeah it is you know it, when the whole thing came out it, did, it didn't surprise me in the slightest like you know there's a lot of actors American actors that I'd heard stories about yeah. that had come out you know the Kevin Spacey thing you yeah. know if you're in in the circuit of, of even music, TV, film, comedy, you've heard, you've heard stories about yeah. Kevin Spacey, yeah, yeah, and you know. But then again, people don't people never got listened to when they yeah. heard these stories yeah. about him or anyone else, you know. And that's why it reached it's so good that it's reached a tipping point that yeah. people are actually listening about it now, which is uh, fucking incredible. But mm. you know what you said, Danny, about the you know Nat coming out and saying and, and, and other comedians coming out is yeah. you know I I wasn't aware of that I didn't I hadn't even seen that so that's you know yeah yeah, yeah. I mean it's it, it can only be a good thing you know what I mean um, yeah. it can only be a good thing and it was just I, I, and also it was like a wake up call for me as well because there's so much stuff that I mean I saw some of it because it would happen to Eri so I'd see mm-hmm. some of it but some of it that happened to Eri I didn't see or like not necessarily I always understood because I did, sometimes I would do that typical male thing in my head I'd never ever say it in my head I'd be like Oh, is it because she's a woman? And the only reason I sometimes I would never say it is because that's what people do to me when I say about black. Like I say, this person is treating me differently because I'm black. Mm-hmm. And people are like, ah, oh, but and like it's this weird thing that you do yourself. You start to question people or doubt people if it's not overt, unless someone's gone, you're black, you're a woman. Like yeah. it, 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 
you, you tend to question it and so on and so forth. But I, I think because people make you feel like it's paranoia. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what that's. And also, the thing that grates me the most is when people say you're playing the race card. Yeah, that exactly. like Who just the fuck are you? I see people say that to whoever on, on online or whatever, and like. I don't, it just it makes me feel sick man. Yeah, like, I've, got, I've, I've, I've got I've got what is the race car it's, it's a race car that's the thing I, I, you know and I, I my new I did my show this year where I addressed it where it's very like it's interesting like that turn of phrase of like race card and this idea that like it's like Magic the Gathering where you can like trump each other and it's like you know Dane opens with African American male and Daniel counters with uh, you know with a uh, Somalian and then Dane counters <laughs> with a uh, Southern Sudanese woman Roman Egypti <laughs> It's like, like, it's, like it's Pokemon. So, Trump. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, it's, it's, so, it's, so, it's so funny. Like that. I think that'd be a good idea for like a sketch, man. It's yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, but, but yeah, but but that's the thing. Is that you know, again, that's another example. That so that's the kind of thing. That's that that and that is the stuff when I I will get trolls for that. Like because mm. the race card is because that happens when that happens enough. Then the the uh, the disaffected people start thinking, well, maybe there is a race card and blah blah. Mm. Not the question of well, like what system has been in place historically that needs that would necessitate a race card. Yeah. Mm. You know, especially when carte blanche means do whatever you want, and that means white card. So it's a very interesting turn of phrase to say that. Like, talking about all these cards and you know, this kind of shit, uh, man, uh, you know. A lot of them, I didn't even know that. Card. Yeah, oh, yeah. it means white card. Yeah, yeah. So wow. So, I mean, so that's you know, crazy. So, and there's a lot. And that's the thing. There's a lot of coding in this language when we talk about stuff like you know, like things like uh, race card or even you know and there's, and there's and even the old stuff like you know like black magic and all this kind of thing and, mm. and yeah and, and it all leads onto another thing where like I think a large part of when you're combating like these different facets of oppression is that it's how it's affected like the people like especially and, and, that, and I think for a lot of outspoken feminists that is what they're up against is that mm. some women have been so kind of inculcated into this chauvinistic idea of what place women should have yeah. is that if another woman talks against her like, well, well, uh, uh, well I want to have children I want to be at home and cook that's doesn't mean you make you any less than a, a yeah, feminist yeah, the idea yeah. is about the choices that your gender doesn't predispose yeah. what you're entitled to in this world and that's about mm-hmm. as as rudimentary as a standard you can make it for people to understand is that there's no like there's no wrong way of being a feminist and you know in and embracing your womanhood mm. but it just means that you're not subject to archetypes that are dictated to you by a patriarchy and yeah. again for me that and that might not be and for me I'm well aware that that is not necessarily the entire you know that's not the entirety of feminism but that's a part of an understanding but for me it's like you know continuing to be open to learn more about it exactly. and really it's crazy like I said it's like how can you expect to reduce a narrative from the people that form the largest population of human beings on the planet? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. exactly, and also from from us, like all I, I, all I want to do is talk about it, and like you said, just educate and discuss with people as you know as I've always done. But at the same time, it's not my narrative. Yeah. So, I, who am I to speak? For anyone that's not a white male, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't, I can't even, I, I can't even speak. So all I have to do is just literally, you know, kind of open discussion and just and, and, of, and that's you know, and that's all it is, yeah. And, and, that, and that's the thing is that you know, it's um, it's it's been again another way of rebuttal has kind of been like, well, people, are, well, am I supposed to be ashamed to be white? No one's supposed to be ashamed of anything at all because yeah, exactly. by that it's like because really that this that's, that is the real the larger conversation is that. Yeah. Why are we even deriving pride from something we had no control over? Mm. So, I mean, in the way that it's like when someone's like, "Why do we need to have a woman, a female-only comedy competition?" Well, we need a black history. Yeah, we need oh a black history. Why, 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 why do we need one? But there's a reason why we need that. Absolutely, everyone knows there's a reason why you need that because it's something that's been obscured from the yeah. hum, from human history. So we understand why. It's like, so for me, I'm not, I'm not trying to evoke any feelings of shame and stuff because. Mm-hmm. I feel when I watch someone, a com- comedian like Bill Burr, you know, this shame, trying to bring shame of being a white man can go. And for me, I don't feel offended when he talks about that because mm. I'm getting a real human perspective yeah, from exactly. someone that's, you know, being pensive yeah. and he's actually, you know, he's, pon- he's, you know, he's pondering his existence as a, as a mm. white man. And, that is, and that's fine. And, and for me, that's, that, that is a lot more constructive. And even in some places where he's like, well, you know, well, when guy was like, well, if I was you, I could be fly doing this and that. He's like, it's not as good as, it's not as easy as you make out. But that, mm. that is genuine. And I, mm-hmm. I appreciate it a lot more yeah. than someone who's oblivious and like, I don't know what everyone's talking about. Mm-hmm. So the, I find the obliviousness yeah. are more, almost more offensive, especially in 
the medium of like creativity mm. than people that might discuss stuff which may be considered slightly offensive or because mm. I prefer someone's working through it and they're working through their moves yeah. and they're trying to and they're trying to rationalize and understand something and yeah. they and they're actually maybe expressing their own failings their own flaws and understanding kind of racial politics and yeah. I appreciate that a lot more than people that just act like the conversation doesn't exist or you know I don't, I don't see colour and blah 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 well then well how the fuck are you an observational comedian because that's the first thing you can see about people um, how, how important Danny was it to put this in, in, into the writing for the time wasters because you know you had a lot you know there was you, you dealt with the topic very subtly in places and also not so subtly in others but like you know how, how important was this to kind of like get it in, into the writing so I wouldn't say it was necessarily important but I had great fun in putting it in there and playing with those things and having people gasp and shock can like question things and 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 see how society works when it comes to race because it's very rarely represented on screen but from like a black perspective yeah. uh, which is quite nice I like the fact that we were black characters going into this white world and we got to sit through our eyes yeah. as because you never get to see that you always get to see when black characters come into a world you see it through through white eyes yeah um, and how it affects all these white people but so it was just quite fun to kind of play around with and have a mess about um, and I think people have appreciated it yeah for yeah. just having a different perspective and I, and I think the perspective thing is the biggest part is that you know you're dealing with archetypes that are very different to the conventional mm. you know uh, black archetype and that's mm. and that's only that can only be more useful and I think a lot of time people definitely underestimate how much uh, media is involved in shaping you know the perspective of at least black people especially where you know the diaspora really based in what Western Europe maybe and then you know in the Americas for people outside of that, if people live in like uh, Australasia or in Asia and stuff, then they form their perspective of black people based on media and what they see because yeah. they're not interacting with them on a regular basis. Mm. So if that is quite negative, then mm. it means the outlook in the world is going to be affected yeah. by that as well. And, you know, obviously hip hop has largely been one of the biggest kind of, uh, I guess, one of the biggest uh, phenomena to like, you know, show the black experience. Mm. But if that becomes skewed, then it, it can be quite worrying if people aren't, because a lot of time people don't necessarily practically go and search for alternate sources or for alternate like mouthpieces as far as the experience so it's yeah there's there's only so much you can do so far as TV so the more varied you can show yeah, the yeah, better so, yeah. and, and the same thing with like Sunny D as well is that you know I there didn't need to be like there were certain there's, you know there's certain trigger words and certain situations where you know there's, there, are, there aren't going to be any chicken references here or there aren't <laughs> any roadman references here number one because it's not my experience and also because I feel like it's massively fucking saturated like yeah, we're, yeah. Not, we're not deprived of like seeing that facet of like the black experience in the UK so yeah. I definitely want to do something different as well and also in my 30s man I don't want to play a fucking pretend to be a child and be a fucking roadman because <laughs> I'm an adult and I oh, I've seen plenty of white comedians do that yeah like yeah. Middle class, upper class, white comedians that it it kills me, man. Like, yeah. see, yeah. I won't name names, but yeah. you know, there's exactly. a lot of but them, and they, you know, I, I hope that the next wave of people getting called out is them for mm. for like classism, yeah, for, and appropriation to yeah, an extent, appropriation. Or, or even or misappropriation, and and I think and I think I think it will happen, and that's, it's a big part of net neutrality is that so many other voices can can kind of be involved and. What happens, unfortunately, like I was reading this story about like uh, Logan Sama today. Yeah, I saw. About where that. like sometimes yeah. it's like familiarity breeds contempt, yeah. and if you're if you're around a certain situation, and some people do feel like they can contribute to that narrative, and you should never kind of make that mistake and think because mm-hmm. you're around certain people that you can talk the way they do because mm-hmm. yeah, it's not it's not the same it's not the same situation yeah. for you. Um, all right, well I think that's got to the end of the Thanks to Try and Podcast episode nineteen. Uh, unless you want to add anything, do you want to promo anything? You're obviously, you're you're, make, gonna, you're writing season two mm-hmm. and you're touring. So yeah, right, let's start with the touring first. <laughs> uh, yeah, tour, uh, the tour of my show uh, Gold on and Drugs or God starts in 2018. Uh, so look out for dates on DameBaptiste.co.uk. Um, coming over Netflix Netflix special live at the BBC so yeah. check out live at the BBC Shit. and watch that as well um, and how have I not seen that I didn't know because <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so, under live at the BBC so if you go if you search live at the BBC okay, comment cool. in, you'll, you'll find my episode there as well so Holy check shit, that out okay. very cool and then um, yeah and then check out Sunny D which should be online by yeah, now yeah, and yeah. Uh, I mean Time Wasters season 2 being written uh, well yeah I mean it's, it's, I'm writing it 
If yeah. it's going to be on TV is another question. Petition uh, your TV station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep and watching it on, on the ITV player. Yeah, as yeah, well, yeah. So that and helps. then send abuse at ITV2. Any <laughs> <laughs> stand up things coming up that you actually. Uh, is there anything? No, 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 no. So this is, this is pretty much my life now. Focused. So I literally, the Big Talk, they literally have a dungeon that I write in so I go into the oh, dungeon nice. and like just hide away for several months or in, in a Netflix dungeon or in a ne- yeah. I mean there's those, oh they're not dungeons those are palaces <laughs> they got money nice. so hopefully uh, what's the catering like in Netflix uh, so basically Netflix just gives money to a production company and then they treat us Okay. Oh, so yeah, but yeah, they yeah, give yeah, good, yeah, good catering. Well, yeah. What, one one of the writers' rooms was in the Groucho. So holy <laughs> shit! I know. That's how they roll. That's how they roll. Holy shit! All right. So make sure you go and watch Time Wasters right now. Thank you so much, Dave yeah, and Danny. Thank you. You have been listening to the Thanks for Trying podcast, episode nineteen. Thank you to the special guests, Dane Baptiste and Daniel Taylor. Make sure you go watch Time Wasters. It's on the ITV2 player right now. Make sure you go catch Dane on tour next year. It's going to be fucking sick. And go watch his Netflix special, which I didn't even know existed until this show. So I'm going to go watch it right now. And make sure you go stream and download my brand new album. This is where it gets good, which is out now. Thank you once again for the continued downloads. I'll see you lot in December. Big up. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.